I am Artros. This is Greatest of All Psalms and Proverbs, Part 14. Worship that pleases God, Psalm 141, verse 2. Let my prayer be set forth as incense before you, the lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. Revelation chapter 8, verses 3 and 4, 1 Timothy 28, Psalm 141, verse 2. Have you called upon the Lord, hastened to him, given ear to his voice when he cries to, for, you? Set a guard before your mouth. Keep watch at the door of your lips. Incline your heart to submit. Be content with holy things and be occupied until he comes in the deeds of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost that Jesus has prepared for us to do before the foundations of the world were laid. He alone is our refuge and portion in the land of the living. Jesus, our Passover lamb, has been slain and is now risen as the first fruits from the dead, a wave offering unto our Father who art in heaven. So why are we not, as confessing Christians, believers, lifting up holy hands in praise and worship in spirit and truth? This is what the Father seeks. But will he find true spiritual faith on the earth when he comes again in all of his glory. Does not the Bible want to make herself ready for her beloved's return? Intimate communion and fellowship with the lover of her soul should certainly spur her on to bring forth the essence of Christ, Messiah, the Anointed One, unto eternal, everlasting, abundant resurrection life in his holy and precious name. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless Bless ye the Lord God Almighty, because the evening is drawing close, and we must offer ourselves up as a living sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. The golden altar is before God's throne of grace and mercy. His presence burns like Holy Spirit fire within our hearts. The revelation of Jesus and all of his whole heavenly glory flashes like lightning and sends rumblings, like an earthquake through our very being. Are you catching the vision? Because without it, you perish. Paul the Apostle desired, surely this is God's desire too, that in every place men, women, and children of the Most High God would pray without anger, quarreling, resentment, or doubt in their minds, lifting up holy hands. Are you doing this? How about the members of your church, the body of Christ? For those of us who profess reverential fear for and devotion to God, I hear too much talk and see not enough action, the acts of the Holy Spirit upon and in through the lives of confessing believers, because the Word of God does declare faith without true spiritual works, doing good deeds, that is, deeds in themselves good, and for the good and advantage of those contacted by them, is dead. Are we not alive and well with the Holy Spirit of God living, moving, and having His being in us? God is good all the time, and we must be about doing our Father's business. What exactly is it that you are doing to further the kingdom of God? The Lord actually inhabits the praises of His chosen people and is enthroned on the praises of Israel. Jesus, God so loved the world that He gave himself willingly as a ransom for all peoples, nations, tribes, and tongues. So therefore, 
He alone is worthy of all glory, honor, thanksgiving, power, above all, praise. He is the only one true God and the only mediator between God and man. Behold, the man Christ Jesus, who wishes all men to be saved. What kind of praying is this portion of Holy Script encouraging the people of God to commit themselves to? What kind of prayers are good, right, pleasing, and acceptable to God our Savior? Those offered up to God on behalf of all mankind through petitions, askings, intercessions, and thanksgivings. But if done without faith, it's completely and totally impossible to please God. The prayer of the righteous person in Christ Jesus is powerful and avails much with God through the moving of his Holy Spirit. So ask and receive, seek and find, knock and the door shall be opened unto you in Jesus' name. When God seems distant, Psalm 10 verse 1, Why do you stand afar off, O Lord? Why do you hide yourself? veiling your eyes in times of trouble, distress, and desperation. Psalm 10, verse 1. How many times have you asked the question, why? While attending grammar school, I was taught when writing an article to ask who, what, where, when, and why. In Christian counseling, we are told not to ask why, but how. How do we answer all too many believers who ask why? Because, no, meganoita, God forbid. Jesus is the answer for all the world today, and we must look unto him as the author and finisher of our faith, no matter how blind it may seem at times. We are called upon by God to walk the straight and narrow way by faith, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen, and not by natural sight. Open our spiritual eyes, Lord, so that we may spiritually see wonderful things daily in your holy and precious word, will, and way. We must look to your almighty hand to lead and guide us as the good shepherd of our souls into all truth and understanding through the ministry of your Holy Ghost. Lead on, Lord. Does God really stand afar off? He is always as close as your next breath, heartbeat, thought, word, and deed. It is your sin, missing the mark, that separates you and I from our loving Father, who sent his one and only begotten Son to die in our stead upon the cross of Calvary. The very first question posed in the word of God to man was, Where are you? Each and every one of us must ask ourselves this same question. If we simply turn around, repent of our wicked ways, God will bring complete and total healing to us and our land. Does our God play hide-and-seek? The Word of God declares to us that He longs to hide us in the shadow of His wings. And when we seek Him with all of our heart, mind, soul, spirit, and strength, we shall surely find Him. King David wrote that if we descend to the deepest, darkest depths, He is there. Because Jesus is everywhere. Open our eyes, Lord. We want, long, to see Jesus in all of his glorious splendor. Give us all once again, Lord, the vision, the true spiritual revelation of your Son.
The eyes of the Lord are ever seeing and all knowing. It is we who are blinded by the enemy's darkness, and too many confessing Christians are asleep in the light. The veil which kept us out of the Holy of Holies was rent in two when the precious, eternal, everlasting, abundant resurrection, lifeblood of Jesus was shed on the cross, and he cried out, It is finished. We are no longer blinded by the law of Moses, but set free, indeed, to walk in the fullness of God's grace and tender mercies toward us. The eyes of the Lord are constantly looking for who we can bless, for those who seek after him and all he is. Do you honestly believe that he is ever wanting, willing to bless and do good all the time to those who love him and are called according to his purpose? In this world, you will have trials, tribulations, and troubles. But be of good cheer, for Jesus has overcome it all, and you can be an overcomer too. In times of distress, dis the stress, believe on, cling to, trust in, and rely on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved to the uttermost. When desperation comes, remember that there is no inspiration without perspiration. You must ask to receive, seek to find, and knock, so that the doors and windows of heaven's blessings are opened unto you. After you have done all that you can to stand, stand therefore, because the Lord will stand for and with you in Jesus' holy and precious name. He is not afar off, but close to you, so close that he actually dwells, tabernacles in your human flesh. He's not hiding, but ever wanting and willing to reveal the vision of his son's glory to you so that you will in turn do the same for all others in Jesus' name. When God seems distant, Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, Psalm 22, verse 1. In about the ninth hour, three o'clock, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me, leaving me helpless, forsaking and failing me in my need? Psalm 22, verse 1, Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. Feeling forsaken, helpless, abandoned, left alone or in need? God is faithful and Jesus never fails. Eli, Eli, my God, my God has promised, and he cannot lie, to never leave or forsake me. He is not far off, but an ever-present help in my times of need. The Lord hears the groanings of his chosen people and will answer our cries. God's Holy Spirit is called alongside to help us, and the Word of God declares, My God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. People, children of the Most High God, we must come to the place of experientially knowing who we are in Christ. Jesus did not say these things on the cross of Calvary for His own purposes, but for ours, so that the truth would be made known to all of His creation. We are forgiven because he was forsaken, 
accepted of the Father because he was condemned, alive and well because his Holy Spirit lives within us, and all this because Jesus took upon himself the sins of the whole world and died in our stead, in our place, so that we could have eternal, everlasting, abundant resurrection life in his holy and precious name. We must change our way of thinking, make ourselves a different set of rules, walk by faith and not by sight, but according to his word, will, and way. We have entered into the walk of faith and not the walk of feelings. Feelings become numb and die out, but faith pleases God and endures forever. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, but with faith, all things are possible. Did God leave us or did we leave him? Our sins have separated us from God, so why not turn from our wicked ways, humble ourselves, pray, and allow him to complete, finish, and accomplish the perfect work that he has begun in us. He is not far from us, but as close as our next breath, heartbeat, thought, word, and good deed, which he has prepared for us to do in Christ before the very foundation of this earth was laid. Let us pick ourselves up, dust ourselves off, stop groaning, unless it is in the spirit, grumbling, complaining, and be about our Father's business, for his sake, glory, honor, thanksgiving and praise. May the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be pleasing to him. Cry aloud unto the Lord your God, Eli, Eli, my God, my God, and let this present world of darkness see your light, his light shining upon in and through you, ever brighter until the full light of his soon coming day. Maranatha, we are not abandoned, but must go to those who are the widows and orphans, the ones who are still left in the darkness, and bring them into his marvelous kingdom of light. The helpless must be made the hopeful, because this is our calling. The great commission, it is to all nations, peoples, tribes, and tongues, so we do not forsake or fail them, or him. We must find our need to meet their needs in Christ alone. As Jesus gave his life for all, so too, you and I must take up our cross daily, die to self, and be obedient to the call. Lose your lower life and you will find the higher calling of God, which lies ahead of you. But you must press on to complete the task that is set before all who call themselves Christian. I am asking each and every one of you to submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, go, do, and be all that he has called you to in Jesus' name. When God seems distant, Psalm 43, verse 2. For you are the God of my strength, my stronghold, in whom I take refuge. Why have you cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Psalm 43, verse 2. It's never easy when your truth is deepest darkness. There's not enough light to find the way through your valleys of indecision, the shadows of death, despair, destruction. You are looking towards the hill of God's dwelling place to see where your help comes from and who was it that said, silence is golden. I usually find myself to be a most positive, uplifting, and encouraging person, 
But let's admit it. Face the truth. Confess that living isn't always easy and life, even in Christ Jesus, can be hard or often difficult. Suppose we did lay it all down on God's altar of love and praise him with all of our heart, mind, soul, spirit, and strength. Would we then be joyful, have the exceeding joy of the Holy Ghost? O God, my God, why have you forsaken me? We all know and understand that God's holy and precious word is always faithful and true. So how is it that we can go on feeling this way when he has promised to never leave or forsake us, even to the end of the ages? I know that there comes a time in every man and woman's life when we ask the question, why? Why are you downcast, cast down? Oh, my soul, my inner self. Why should you moan over me and be so disturbed, disquieted within me? Jesus is our peace, our shalom, wholeness, the fullness and blessing of God. Has not the Son come to dwell, tabernacle within our hearts? Cry unto him, Abba, Father. Hear our cries, Lord. Let them rise as incense before your throne of grace, favor, and mercy. Hope is the anchor that holds, keeps us safe and secure within the veil. They that watch and wait patiently, expectantly upon the Lord, shall renew their strength. He is enthroned on the praises of Israel, and he inhabits the praises of his chosen people. So why do we not yet praise and thank him for all that he has done already on our behalf, in our stead, and all that he has promised to do for us in Christ Jesus? The Lord is our ever-present helper, our helpmate, in each and every time of need, and he has promised to provide for each and every one of those needs according to his riches and glory. Jesus is the help of our sad countenance, and our God. He has, is, the word and words of eternal, everlasting, abundant resurrection life. Where else can we go? We have heard with our ears, O God, our fathers have told us what work you did in their days, in the days of old. Psalm 44, verse 1. This is our day. Enough of relying on everybody else's commentary on the word of God. What is God for us today? Let us awaken from our slumber, arouse ourselves, and rise up to the occasion because Christ has come, he lived, died, is risen again from the grave, and he is coming again really soon, perhaps even in our lifetime. This is our time, our turn, our watch, to hope in him and be obedient to the call. So let us take full advantage of each and every opportunity that he has given us to reach all nations and peoples, tribes and tongues. He is the light, our light, the truth, our truth, the Good Shepherd, our Good Shepherd. So let him bring us to his holy mountain, where God is still on the throne, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Next time we'll be talking about when God seems distant. Psalm 44, verse 23. Hi, I'm Mark Tross. This is Greatest of All Psalms and Proverbs, part 15. When God seems distant, 
Psalm 44, verse 23. Awake, why do you sleep, O Lord? Arouse yourself, cast us not off forever. Psalm 44, verse 23. This reflective poem by the sons of Korah brings to mind the story of Elijah and the prophets of Baal. Is our God ever asleep, needing to be awakened or aroused? The word of God declares his thoughts toward us are more than the grains of sand along the shores. Seems to me that when Jesus says, I will never leave or forsake you, that includes throughout all of eternity, so that doesn't leave much time for slacking off. For the most part, would have to say that we, the church, are the ones who must be awakened because we are asleep in the light and not paying much attention to the commandments of our Lord. We must arouse ourselves and stir up the gifts, talents, and abilities within us placed there, given to us by God to fulfill his word, will, and way, plan, and purposes in Christ Jesus. We must cast off those things that so easily beset us, press on and into the higher calling of God. We have heard about the works our fathers have told us that God did in their days and in the days of old. But what about today? The Bible declares that Jesus Christ, Messiah, the Anointed One, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if we are not experiencing him in the same way that those in the Word of God did, the spiritual problem lies with you and me and not our Father who art in heaven, still seated on the throne in heaven. Who, what are we believing in, clinging to, trusting in, relying on, or leaning on? If it is the everlasting arms, then I don't think we really have much to worry about because God's word says he saves to the uttermost, and that's a lot. No matter how things may look, feel, or appear to be, we have to make our boast and give thanks to his name forever. He knows the secrets of the heart. And the only time he hides his face, forgets our affliction or our oppression, is when we choose to hide our sin from him. Humble yourself in his sight, bow down, cleave to the lover, the good shepherd of your very soul, and he will lift you up. So rise and wise up. Come to the one who can and will help you, deliver you, and show his tender mercies to you. For his name's sake, and because of his steadfast love, which never ceases or comes to an end. Let your heart overflow with a goodly theme. Address your prayer, praise, promises, prophecies, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs to the King of glory. Use your tongue as the pen of a ready writer and prepare yourself for the royal wedding of the bride, the church, and the bridegroom, Christ. Make his name to be remembered properly and positively in all generations forever and ever in Jesus' name. The Trinity, three in one, Old Covenant, New, and Psalms. Then he said, let me go, for day is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you declare a blessing upon me. Genesis chapter 32, verse 26. For all these things are taking place for your sake, so that the more the grace, divine favor, and spiritual blessing, 
extends to more and more people and multiplies through the many, the more the thanksgiving may increase and redound to the glory of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. Why do you hold back your hand, even your right hand? Draw it out of your bosom and consume them. Make an end. Psalm 44, verse 11. Jacob is facing his brother Esau ahead, so he stands at the river's edge and wrestles with God for the blessing that was already obtained by him many years before. He left his home with nothing, but is now returning with two wives, many children, a multitude of servants, and much livestock. All the temptations, trials, and tribulations that he endured were going to be worked together for his good and God's ultimate glory, honor, thanksgiving, and praise. Would the angel of the Lord, Jesus, hold back his right hand where he is seated on the throne in heaven? Oh, but that God would go before us in all things, consume our enemies, and make an end. Maranatha, come, Lord Jesus. The day is breaking, for we are living in the last hours, perhaps just minutes or seconds until the end of the ages. Do not let go of the hem of his garment unless he declares, proclaims his blessing upon you, for your sake and for the sake of his holy and precious word. We can only extend multiply and increase the kingdom of God, which is his righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost by the level of his divine favor and spiritual blessing that his Holy Spirit, the spirit of grace bestows upon and inflows through us. Thanks be to God who takes us from glory to glory, vessel to vessel and grace to grace. Jesus promised to give us everything that we need to live our eternal, everlasting, abundant resurrection life unto him. So why do we doubt that he is ever looking out for our good? He has promised never to leave or forsake us, that he would go before us in all things. He keeps us in his perfect and acceptable will in his goodness, loving kindness, and tender mercies, which are renewed each and every morning, are going to follow us all the days of our life in Christ Jesus. It's a very good thing that the Bible, the Word of God says, God cannot lie. But will we choose to walk daily in its truth? God is going to make an end, and it is written in the back of the book. So no one understand, like Jacob, who became Israel, that you and I are on the winning side. Note that I did not say the whining side. And unfortunately today, there are too many confessing Christians who owe an awful lot of whining and crying. Relax, because God will wipe away every tear from your eyes, but that doesn't mean we have the right to exasperate each situation that comes our way. God wants to cut you loose and not hold you back, but we certainly must go about things according to his word, will, and way. If we take him in his word, and we should, it's us who are called upon by him to break the chains that bind and declare his blessings upon others, all nations, peoples, tribes, and tongues. Jesus is seated at the right hand of God. He has extended his right hand to us, shown us the very heart of God, and this is the consuming fire, his passion and zeal, the only means to the end. So let us go forward to accomplish his work in Jesus' name. When God seems distant, 
Psalm 88, verse 14. Lord, why do you cast me off? Why do you hide your face from me? Matthew 27, verse 46. Psalm 88, verse 14. It isn't so much that the Lord has cast us off, but generally, it is us who hide our faces from him. All the ask, believe, and receive, knock, and the door shall be opened unto you. Seek, and you shall find stuff. Works just fine when we apply ourselves to it, but all too often, that is usually not the case. Why is it that we as believers, Christians, followers of the Lord, are not as consistent in our walk and relationship with Him as we should be? Are we too heavenly minded to be any earthly good? Or is it that we are led by our carnal, sinful, baser nature rather than filled with the Holy Spirit of God and spiritually driven by His word, will, and way? Lord, why do we cast you off? Why do we hide our face from you? Could it be that we have some deep internal darkness in us and don't want your Holy Spirit light to chase it away? Because after all, sin is pleasurable for a season. Cast off your old self and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Draw close to him and he will draw close to you. Where can the sinner go to run and hide? Anyone or anybody who experientially knows Jesus as Lord, Savior, Master, Rabbi, Messiah, the one and only begotten Son and King, would not forget that he has promised never to leave or forsake us. If he lives, moves, has his being upon and in working through us, if he is enthroned and has taken up residency in your heart, mind, soul, spirit, and strength, how far away can he go? It is your sin that separates you from God. Have you any unforgiveness towards others or even your very self? Just one lie will keep you from ever seeing the kingdom of God, which is his righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, unless you repent, Turn, think differently, and receive the grace, favor, loving kindness, and tender mercies of the Lord. King David asked, Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. So I guess it's fine for us, every once in a while, to question where we are regarding our belief and faith in Christ. But let us not be forlorn, downtrodden, or depressed forever because we have his great and precious promises that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Yes, he will shine his face upon us so that we can bask in his holy presence, ask and he will restore us un unto us the joy of his salvation, Yeshua Jesus, which is the joy of our salvation in him. When we are not faithful, he remains faithful still to us from generation to generation because what he establishes in the very heavens is unchangeable, perpetual, and forever in Jesus' name. When God seems distant, Psalm 89, verse 49. Lord, where are your former loving kindnesses shown in the reigns of David and Solomon, which you swore to David in your faithfulness? Psalm 89, verse 49. God swore? Wow. Actually, he gave his holy and precious word, the truth, and God always keeps his word because it is faithful and true, and God cannot lie. He says his word will go forth, accomplish what he wills, and never return void.
The writer of this reflective poem, skillful song and psalm, is speaking of God's tender mercies and loving kindnesses being made experientially known from generation to generation, but yet he remembers that his time here on earth is a fleeting life filled with emptiness, what a contrast and play on words that is, falsity, futility, and frailty. So he questions why the Almighty remained silent in his day. How many times have you sung worship songs in church about the days of King David, Solomon, peace, Moses, Ezekiel, Elijah, or others? Are you part of a New Testament congregation? Is your Christian fellowship alive for today? Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Perhaps the reason we do not see his mighty hand at work among us as often as we should today is because we are not applying the basic principles and practices of the faith. Is he your dwelling place, refuge, and God? Our iniquities, our secret heart, and its sins, which we would so like to conceal even from ourselves, you have set in the revealing light of your countenance. Psalm 90, verse 8. David and Solomon were men who followed after the heart, wisdom, knowledge, vision, and power of their personal God. Sure, they messed up, as we all do, but they also repented of their sin before God and man and came to realize that everything apart from him is vanity, empty, void, and without purpose. If we, the church and body of Christ, would come to experientially know the joy and understanding of who we are now in Christ Jesus, we would appreciate the spiritual blessings of walking with the Lord daily in the light and favor, grace of his countenance, his face shining upon us. How blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are his chosen ones. If his children forsake my law and walk not in my ordinances, if they break of profane my statutes and keep not my commandments, then will I punish their transgression with the rod of chastisement and their iniquity with stripes. Second Samuel chapter 7, verse 14. Nevertheless, my loving kindness I will not break off from him, nor allow my faithfulness to fail, to lie or be false to him. My covenant will I not break or profane, nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Psalm 89, verses 30 to 34. God has sworn once and for all by his holiness that he cannot be violated. All of his promises are faithful and true. Yes, and amen. So let us wait upon the Lord, renew our strength in him, take our Father who art in heaven at his word, and whether we see it or not at this present time, believe in Jesus' name. When God seems distant, Psalm 37, verse 28. For the Lord delights in justice and forsakes not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the offspring of the wicked in time shall be cut off. Psalm 37, verse 28. Not only do we delight ourselves in the Lord and get the desires of our heart, but God also delights in us when we do justly, love his tender mercy and walk humbly with him. It was Jesus who said, I will never leave or forsake you. So notice the oneness with the Father 
and listen to God's Holy Spirit speaking to the saints, that is us, through his holy and precious word. Yes, once again the word of God reveals our eternal, everlasting, abundant resurrection life and how all God's promises are preserving us forever. Unfortunately for the ungodly, the story is not the same. Maybe, like King David, you have seen and found out in your lifetime that the wicked do prosper and succeed in this world of present darkness. But this will not always be the case because God is just and his judgments will prevail. Darkness is always chased away by the light, but the sinner will not escape the righteous hand of our almighty God. Read Jonathan Edwards' Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. If the wayward prodigal child departs from evil and does good, God is good all the time, they will dwell forever, securely, leaning on the everlasting arms and resting in the shadow of the Almighty. Then the consistently righteous shall inherit the land and dwell upon it forever. Psalm 38, verse 29. This is our heritage as Christians. Fellow believers from all around the world shall dwell together forever with God in the promised land, the new Jerusalem, his city of eternal peace. No more sorrow, pain, tears, or injustices because he has overcome the darkness and brought us completely into his marvelous kingdom of light. We are the saints of God, his chosen ones and beloved bride that he has promised in his holy word to keep, preserve, together with him forever. So rejoice and be glad. Those who choose everything in his daily life has a choice with eternal consequences for the next. To go against God's word, be anti-Christ against Jesus, reject his salvation or continue to do evil. Wicked things shall be cut off from the trees of life, the cross of Christ, and be cast into the lake of fire, separated from God forever, which is eternal hell with their spiritual father of lies, the devil himself and all of his fallen angels. This is everyone's choice, to live or die, here and now, into all eternity. But there are still those who do not know or understand what their choices entail, so it is up to us to take the love of God and the good news of Jesus to all who will listen. Take heed and choose life in Jesus' name. When God seems distant, Psalm 51. To the chief musician, a psalm of David, when Nathan the prophet came to him after he had sinned with Bathsheba. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to the multitude of your tender mercies and loving kindnesses, blot out my transgressions. Psalm 51, verse 1. Does not the whole wide world know of King David's all too personal indiscretions with his close neighbor Bathsheba? Do any of us think that God does not know about the intimate details of ours? This psalm, more than every other, speaks of the one who experientially knew that the Lord Jesus Christ was his shepherd, but now he knew what it was that he really wanted and needed God's tender mercies, his loving kindness, which is far better than this baser nature human life, and for the precious blood of his Savior to blot out all of his transgressions. Oh, to be washed thoroughly and repeatedly from our iniquities, guilt, 
to be cleansed and made wholly pure, white as snow, from our deadly sins that left a crimson stain on our very souls. Are you still made conscious of your transgressions and sins? Is the Holy Spirit asking you to desire truth in your inner being? Oh, how he wants you to know the wisdom and knowledge of our God. Just that though of being clean before his holiness should bring you joy, gladness, and satisfaction. Rejoice because your guilt and iniquities have been blotted out. Jesus has created a clean, renewed, right, persevering, steadfast spirit and heart within you. He shall not cast you away from the holy presence or ever take his spirit from you. Thank God for his complete, total restoration and deliverance for all who come to Jesus. Break our hearts, O God. Make us all humble and thoroughly penitent in Jesus' name. Restoring Broken Fellowship For my heart was grieved, embittered, and in a state of ferment, and I was pricked in my heart as with the sharp fang of an adder. So foolish, stupid, and brutish was I, and ignorant, I was as a beast before you. Psalm 73, verse 21 and 22. Here is your biblical beauty and the beast story for today. How lovely are the feet of him who brings good news. God is beautiful and we are steeped in sin. But the good news is that we have been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb. Sure, we have all acted quite ugly at one point or another in our former life. But even as Christians, we fall short when we compare ourselves to others. We play the fool, act stupid, get brutish, and even prove to come up short and ignorant when it comes to spiritual things. Paul did not want us to be ignorant of the spiritual gifts that God has bestowed upon us, but even in Old Testament times, the psalmist wrote of such fleshly attitudes. So let us take a good look at today's word and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to us his practical truths. Too many believers today are asleep in the light and desperately need to arouse themselves from their spiritual slumber. I cannot emphasize enough how important it is for us to experientially know and understand who we are in Christ Jesus. It was he who said, no man is good but God. Yes, we all fall short of his glory, but we are still the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Grieve not over your past sins that have been forgiven and cast into the sea of forgetfulness, but live in the moment that God himself calls today. When you are embittered, taste and see that the Lord is good. His holy and precious word is as honey. Billy Joel sang about being in a New York state of mind, but here we read of our hearts being in a state of ferment. Our enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came so that we may have life, and that life, the eternal, everlasting, abundant resurrection one, more abundantly. The word of God speaks of being pricked and pierced in the heart, as with the sharp fang of an adder. Again, it was Paul who shook off the deadly serpent and axe, and nothing happened to him because he believed by faith in his loving Father. The sting of sin is death, but when we look unto Jesus as the author and finisher of our faith, we obtain life. So, if you have played the fool, been stupid, done brutish things, acted ignorantly, or was as a beast towards God and your fellow man, 
Listen to what the Spirit is saying to the Church of Jesus Christ today. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You do hold my right hand. Psalm 73, verse 23. Jesus promises to never leave or forsake us. He will guide us with his counsel and receive us to his honor and glory. Make him your delight and desire on earth. And even when you falter, fail. Remember that he is the rock, the firm foundation, the strength of our heart and our portion forever in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. This concludes Greatest of All Psalms and Proverbs. Look for my other books available worldwide at Amazon Kindle today.